We have, uh, we have some handouts for you. So if you did not get one of the handouts, there's two pieces of paper. One's an outline because we all love a good outline. And the second is uh, a purpose card um, for you to complete uh, later, either later in the service or in the days to come. If you need a copy of those, would you raise your hand? We've got a few Notes of Joy folks down here that need some. Uh, we've got a few ushers, and we'll get one or two other men to help them because we, we need many. Not everybody at once. We've got a few men to help us out over there. I'm sorry, that was a very subtle cue that we needed some help passing those out. While I prepare, I actually, uh, Nathan, I need one of those as well. I'd like to say I gave mine away, but I just didn't get one. All right. You know, there are, uh, there are things that please the Lord, and there are things that displease the Lord. And as a pastor, there are things that please my heart, and there are things that just really sadden me. And at the moment, I am looking at something that does both. Someone left here at the pulpit these delicious treats with a note that says, these are not for you to eat until after the fast. Oh, I know who this is too. I'm looking for, is she here? Some of y'all know who it is. I'm looking, you can keep looking around, but I'm looking right at you. (laughs) Would you like to take a bow or would you like to, it's just to be a a secret. I don't want to introduce who it is because y'all may find out what they are and I'm not sharing. So uh, we're just going to go with that. All right. Confusing things they are. All right, so we're, uh, tonight's message is, it's really a training and a teaching. There, there's going to be the scripture, obviously, but it's really more teaching, training, um, in preparation for fasting. Have any of you ever fasted before? Just a show of hands. How many of you have done a, a fasting for Christian purposes? Okay, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad to know that we have some experience in the room. And if you've never fasted, that's okay, um, because we're going to talk about it. Turn in your Bible, if you have a copy of Words, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, you can take one from the seat back in front of you um, and use that for for this study. We're going to have just a moment where we look at the Scripture, because we always want to be rooted in God's Word, and our practices want to be guided by God's Word. And so we're going to look just quickly at Matthew chapter 6, and then we'll look at some others if you don't have your own own copy of God's Word or your own Bible that you can read and study uh, at home or wherever you may be, feel free to take the copy that's uh, behind you uh, or the copy that's in the seat back in front of you and, um, and we'll, we'll replace it after the service uh, with one of the others that we have. In Matthew chapter 6, we, we have Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gives, uh, he gives three Christian disciplines or, or three disciplines of disciples. It's, it's challenging to call them Christian at that point in time, uh, though these are absolutely Christ followers that he's speaking to. They were literally following Christ. It's, it's somewhat challenging to say, last call, does anyone else need a handout? Anyone else? Balcony, did they get you guys covered? Okay. It's difficult um, to possibly say Christian in the New Testament sense at this 
particular junction in uh, chronology or in history, but they are nonetheless fallen Christ. And as disciples, Jesus sets forth expectations for, expectations for, I've got to stop. Why is it that on Sunday morning, the folks that sit over here are sitting over here and my crowd that normally sits there is sitting here? Y'all have me so mixed up. God, okay. I promise, Satan, get behind me. All the things, all the things to mix me up, you guys are throwing at me tonight. We're going to stay on task. Wow. All right. Jesus provides three disciplines that, uh, should, that are expectations within a disciple's life. A disciple is one who learns the tenets of Christ, the teachings of Christ, and then applies them to life. And the three that are included um, are giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then he moves into praying. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and to pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then he goes into into the structure of the Lord's Prayer to teach how how to pray. Um, Just a note, next Sunday night, we will have a concert of prayer in the service. I know those of you who have been following with our uh, how-to church series are looking for the next installment in Titus, Um, but next Sunday, we're going to, again, uh, put our emphasis towards this REACH initiative. So in here, it will be a concert of prayer. We will have uh, worship, and we will have prayer times, guided prayer. So I want to encourage you to be here. That is so important for the church to get together and pray. Um, And when you go through, we'll preach about praying next Sunday morning and then next Sunday night. Um, when When you walk through the scriptures, the majority of instances of prayer are corporate prayer. And they're, they're, Almost no, there are examples of individual prayer. Jesus at the, the Mount of Olives praying before his capture, but, but there are very, very limited instances where people were praying in isolation. They were always praying together. Even if it was just two, they were together in prayer. One of the instances of fasting that we'll make mention of tonight is in Acts chapter 13, where Paul and Barnabas, there were three other men from a local church before they're being sent out, and they're praying, and they're fasting, and they're worshiping together. It is a collective corporate activity that somehow we have disassociated from other people. Praying is a unifying practice that brings us together to the purpose of the Lord, and for the purpose of the Lord. Therefore, we should pray individually, but we must pray together. Next Sunday night, we will pray together here in this place, and I really want you guys to make an effort to be here at 6.30 and invite your friends, because there is a lot on the line for us to pray for. After talking about prayer, he comes to verse 16, well, we arrive at verse 16, and Jesus talks about fasting, and he says, when you fast, so 
Fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. We are not talking about fasting in any other sense, but we're talking about fasting for a spiritual purpose. And it is an expectation. Now, Jesus is not commanding for us to fast. There are called for fast in the Old Testament, but Jesus is not commanding a fast. He's setting forth an expectation that followers of his will practice fasting will implement this discipline in their life. And he says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here we have the description of what we should do, prescription for how we should do it, and instruction for what we should refrain from when we are practicing a fast. So in other words, if you choose, because it should not be a coerced thing where we force people into fasting, but if you choose to practice a fast, you should not show your fasting to other people. Now, you can tell other people about your fast, but you must tell them in such a way that you're not seeking to bring attention to yourself. And so it's a very straightforward. And some people will wonder, well, what do I say? How do I say? What do I do? We'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about notifying the people that are nearest to you. But basically, and here's some words that you can use. If someone asks you why you're not eating that week or why your diet has changed, or if you have a headache and you just feel uh, somewhat disoriented or distraught, and they say, well, what's wrong with you? You just say... Um, my church is fasting for our community and just move on. There's nothing that says we can't tell people we're fasting. We're not supposed to show them that we're fasting in order to get their pity or their reward. So just tell them and move on. Make it very matter of fact. And this is a good opportunity to say, hey, we're fasting. Our church is praying and fasting for our community. Oh, really? Why why would you do that? Because we really want our community to know about Jesus sins in this world and it's ruining and wrecking, wrecking people's lives, but God has, God has sent his only son, Jesus, to die for them. And we want to share with them how they can receive him. Matter of fact, have, have you ever received forgiveness through Jesus Christ? That's amazing. We can light up some light bulbs. By the way, we turned the light bulbs down. Thank you, tech team. Some of y'all were being blinded by it. Uh, these lights were so bright, and um, when I came in, I thought, man, that's going to be difficult to see me, so they turned down the power. Um, I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying, like, up here, I just mean, like, up this direction, and I thought, you know, we could, you know, for some of you, you're kind of in the, the, the late midwinter uh, pasty look on your skin. We could put some UV rays in there and really help you out. We'd have, we would have church members just basting in these, you know, these tanning bulbs along the front, but we didn't. So Jesus gives us this instruction that we should fast. There are in the scripture, there are a number of types of fasting that we come across, but I just want to highlight three of the most common types of fast that we find within the scriptures. And then I want to share with you the practical matters of fasting. First, we come across as a first point, not necessarily in order, or is the absolute or the supernatural fast. The absolute or supernatural fast is, uh, is the example of Moses in Exodus chapter 34 when he went up onto the mount to receive. 
uh, the commandments from the Lord, he went up onto the mount for an extended period of time, and to uh, our knowledge, based on the revelation of God's word, he took no food or water or drink with him, which tells us that he had an absolute fast. It was miraculous, okay? Miraculous. Now, we wholeheartedly believe and affirm God's word that the presence of God is with us through his Holy Spirit, but in that instant in history, the fullness of God's presence was with Moses on that mountaintop. Moses said, Father, I want to see your face, and God basically said, you can't handle it. He said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you in the cleft of a rock, and I will cover you by my hand so that when I pass by, you won't see me lest you fall dead. But after I pass by, I'll remove my hand and you can see the back of my presence. So there was, that tells us that there is a uh, remarkable uniqueness to that particular situation and there is a supernatural fast. Now mark my words, you are in no way being instructed, prompted, or guided towards practicing an absolute fast. If you want to for a day, maybe two days, you can, but I am in no way recommending that. And this is being recorded in case any of you come back and say, well, he told me to. No, I didn't. I didn't. The second type of fast is the normal fast. This is the most common fast. This is when we abstain from food, but we take liquids. Uh, the supernatural fast is abstaining from all food and liquids, but the normal fast is abs- abstaining from food, but taking liquids. Jesus, when he, after being baptized, he went into the wilderness for 40 days where he faced temptation. He took no food, but there's no explicit statement in the scripture that says he did not drink water while he was out, um, when he was out during that period of time. So we assume that Jesus would have taken water. Did he need water? No, because he's God, but he took water um, and he established for us a pattern for a normal fast. And then finally we have the partial fast. The partial fast is when we give up particular foods or drinks and uh, for a period of time. Now a partial fast is demonstrated for us with Daniel and his friends, both in the first chapter of Daniel, chap- uh, in Daniel, but also there's a later chapter where that fast is referred to and demonstrated again. And so with a Daniel fast, you might give up some items whereas you keep others. It's not strictly a no food, only liquids. It may be fruits and vegetables only. And so as we get ready for this fast, and I'm encouraging you, I'm encouraging you to participate in this fast, but I'm not obligating you to it. One, I have no authority to obligate you to fast, but I do have uh, the authority to ask you to join me in fast, fasting as God has called me to be the pastor of this church, and this is a remarkable season where we want to reach our community with the gospel. And so I'm inviting you to join us in a fast from next Sunday night at sundown until the following Friday night at sundown. So it would begin with our time of prayer uh, next Sunday night here. It's going to be a little after sundown, and that's okay. But if you choose to fast, your last meal or your final intake would be before you come to church. And then we'll start our fast together. We'll have this wonderful concert of prayer and praise next Sunday night. And then we'll continue the fast and praying all the way through until Friday night. And we are ending the fast on Friday night because Disciple Now is that next weekend. And we need our volunteers to have all the support they can get, including food. Um, It would be detrimental to our church growth principles if we lose students during Disciple Now because of our volunteers' attitudes. So we want to keep as many as we can. 
So how should you, how can you prepare for the fast? And this is one of the things that if you've never practiced fasting before, perhaps you won't put consideration in. Before the fast, there are some things that you need to do to prepare. And there's a number of ways. And just to be just to be clear, this time of teaching and instruction is a primer for all that there is to know. This is not exhaustive, but there are many things that you'll be able to take away from this to practice your fasting. But I encourage you to study for yourself through reputable sources uh, and resources about your fasting, but this will be information that can get you going. And if you put it into practice, I believe that it will allow you to effectively fast. Um, But this is not exhaustive, rather it's a primer. Before you fast, here are three particular, three particular points that I'd bring to your attention. Uh, number one, identify the purpose and guidelines of the fast. Now, we've given you this purpose sheet. Uh, don't fill it out just yet, but wait till either the end of the service or wait until later in the week and think and pray through this. But before you begin fasting, identify the purpose and guidelines of your fast. Uh, during this, you need to decide what is it exactly that I'm fasting for? If you've never fasted before, let me encourage you to restrict your purpose of fasting. What are you seeking God's favor for? I encourage you to restrict it down to one, two, and possibly three points. There are some of you that are like, I've got this outline, I've got all of these prayer needs, and I'm just going to go through them. Be specific and be direct. This is not a lifestyle This is a specific occasion of practicing an extreme spiritual discipline for a specific purpose where we need spiritual intervention. Therefore, we must apply ourselves. These are desperate measures that we're taking. And so we must apply ourselves in a desperate way for specific causes. So we need to identify specifically why are we fasting and what are the guidelines or what are the rules? So pick one or two. I would encourage you, since we are indeed praying for uh, the salvation of the souls within our community, that you would pray specifically for one person that you hope to evangelize or see saved. Maybe one or two people. And perhaps it's a household. Lord, would you bring this household to faith in you? Pray for them by name. Pray for them by name. Listen to this. Um, A few years ago, I wrote a dissertation on praying for evangelism. And in my research, I studied the most effective evangelistic churches in the Southern Baptist Convention, specifically looking at the churches that baptized a higher ratio of people than anyone else in our convention during the year 2018. And based on my statistical finding, the most effective measure of evangelism when it comes to praying, is praying for your neighbor by name. When we looked at the churches and how pastors who were leading these remarkably effective churches, what their practice was, the most common and pressing statistically significant indicator was that they all, they all prayed for their neighbors by name. That was that was the one finding that really stood up above all the others. They prayed for their neighbors by name. And so maybe you have someone that you live around or maybe there's someone that you work with. Who is a neighbor that you can begin praying for? And so identify your purpose. What are you praying for? Next, you need to identify the duration. On your purpose sheet, you'll see the beginning and the end. Uh, Beginning date, end date. Um, We're setting, uh, we will be setting just as a church if you want some guidelines next Sunday at 6.30 and it'll conclude next Friday at sunset. Whatever time the sun sets, I have no idea. 
Um, those will be the, that will be the time that I practice. I'm encouraging many of ours, but perhaps you need to set different parameters and that's okay. The common time frames for fasting that are found in scripture is a 24 hour fast, a three day fast, a week or seven day fast, a 21 day fast, a 30 day fast, and a 40 day fast. There are no hard rules on what the parameters of a fast should be, but those are the common dates. A week-long fast, a three-week fast, and then a rule is going to be, what will you allow and you need to write your rules down because you're Think through it. Some of you will make it. No type of Coke that I can't. And you're like, you know, Lord, isn't there a Bible verse that says, how can we fast while the bridegroom is still with us? And you're like, I think the scripture says that I can break this fast just for a moment because Jesus is here with me, right? the Lord is, you're like, okay, this qualifies as a reason to break the fast. Um, And think ahead of your schedule. What are commitments? Particular point. Professionally able to fast. Medically and professionally. Ask someone. There are certain medicinal benefits to fasting, but I don't know if you can fast or if you can't fast, but someone that is watching your health can make that determination. And you may want to ask them, what can I do? I want to fast in some way. And they may say, you know what? You really can't go without food because you have uh, whatever going on in your body. You really need more than just water and you really need more substance than just fruit juice, but you, you can do a vegetable and fruit fast. Or they may say, you know what, you need, you need a different combination of intake. And so you may decide, you know what, there's something that I do, I love to eat every day, a part of my routine, but I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up bread for this particular fast because I'm, I want to do as much as I can. I, I can't tell you what you can take and what you can't take, but I can encourage you to talk to those that who, who can tell you that. So I want to encourage you before you set the parameters to make sure that you are able to participate in that particular type of fast. Now, for once you've determined that, you need to decide what will you do and what won't you do. Are you going to do a normal fast where you cut out food, but you allow yourself to take water or unsweetened juices? Are you going to participate in a partial fast where you'll have, uh, where you'll take fruits and vegetables that are uncooked and you'll drink water and juices, but no meats, no breads, no pastas, um, and no processed food? This coming Wednesday, or not this coming Wednesday, the Wednesday of the fast, there's going to be a fast-friendly option during our Wednesday night meal. It's water. And it's going to be... (laughs) 
we will have water, uh, but they're also going to have, they'll also have, uh, we're also planning on having some type of salad bar uh, that, that is friendly. For those of you who are doing a partial fast, um, there will be a salad bar and we'll try to have some fruit juice options for you as well so that you can still participate in the fellowship of the church without, um, without breaking your fast or having any undue temptation like this particular set of treats just below my face. Um, so what is the fast? Uh, is it going to be water only? Will you allow juice? Um, w- big one. Uh, if you have fruits and vegetables, are you going to allow yourself to, to cook those fruits and vegetables? Or are you just going to eat them raw? Um, will you eat salads? What will you have and what won't you have? I would encourage you to look up, if you want to have a partial fast, I would encourage you to look up uh, on the internet, look up the Daniel fasting guidelines and they'll give you great, there's great resources that'll give you a list of what you should have and what you shouldn't have in the Daniel fast. And one of the big points, okay, one of the big points in my household when we get to fasting is will we allow coffee? Yeah. And you just need to decide will you allow coffee or will you not? It's such a, I mean, it's such a big deal. And so that's a decision, again, you need to think because I know how some of you are. You're just like me. If you don't make a decision and you unplug that coffee pot, you're going to wake up and you're going to be wiping your eyes doing what you do every morning, turning that coffee pot on. Or you're like me, and we said it the night before, so we wake up to coffee. Praise the Lord for automatic coffee makers, huh? And you'd be surprised to how that habit kicks in. So you need to make your, you need to make your decision. You need to walk through that. We've got, really got to get moving. Pre- preparing physically for the fast. Make sure that you're medically, physically, and professionally able to fast. Contact your physician if you need to. As you're preparing for the fast, you need to begin, depending on what type of fast you're going to do, you really need to begin probably three days before your fast honing down in what you're eating. So if you're eating a lot of heavy carbs and fried foods, listen, if you're going to begin fasting with us on Sunday, Friday, you need to you need to you really need to begin to narrow those down your stomach will be stretched and one of the pains that comes from being hungry is your stomach contracting back to what it was and so those of you who have the tendency to gorge yourself at meals you may want to gorge yourself less and less as you near the fasting start time so that you're not in as much agony and pain and for everyone around you thank you for taking that step So you'll want to begin preparing um, physically for the fast. You'll need to increase your water intake regardless of the type of fast that you have. We should already be drinking half of our body weight in ounces of water every day anyway, but you really need to increase your water and fluid intake during this particular fast. And think ahead, again, think ahead about reducing your meals to complement your fast. It will make it so much easier, I'm telling you from experience, if you will begin if you'll prepare your menu for the final meals leading up to the start of the fast, and next Sunday afternoon, I'm telling you, do not stuff your face. I know how some of you are. You go to the Mexican restaurant and you eat 15 baskets of chips. You will pay for it. Number three under prepare the, before the fast is to notify those that are immediately around you. Again, we don't want to show our fast, but it's okay to tell people, particularly in a corporate fast. Ask others to join you and help you with accountability. There may be some in your life group that you say, you know what, 
we need to we need to hold each other accountable. When I'm struggling, I'm going to call you and say, "Oh, I want to eat something so bad," and say, "You can call me too." And we can check in with each other. If you don't have a life group, um, visit the uh, Connection Center. There's a pamphlet of life groups that are available. It's there's no shame in joining one last second so you can have accountability. That's literally why we have life groups is to support you and walk with you through life. Uh, ask others to join you. Tell others so that you don't have to show them. Just communicate up front. If there are people within your household, um, tell them. Like I'll tell Carly, hey, we're, I'm going to fast and these are the parameters. We'll probably put something together together to fast, but I don't want her to prepare a full meal and then me come home and she's like, I, I made dinner and I'm like, Ugh, I'm not eating. You know, that's not good for our marriage. And that doesn't honor the Lord. I need to just communicate with her. Carly, you know, we're fasting. Um, I'm going to be fasting this week, and these are the parameters. So tell those that are in your household. Some of you need to tell your coworkers that you normally go out to eat with. Some of you need to tell your assistants or those that might help manage your schedule. Some of you, not many, but some of you need to tell your butler to take the week off, uh, not to fix your food. And if you have any food on automatic reorder, you may want to adjust that so you don't have food just wasting away in your house. So notify people. Now, here we go. During the fast, here are some insights and some guides for you during the fast. Prayer, scripture, and journaling. Prayer, scripture, and journaling. It may seem natural to say, oh, of course I need to pray while I'm fasting. I'm telling you, you need to pray while you're fasting and you need to prepare to pray before you get to the point to pray. Know what you're praying for We've got these reach purpose sheets. Have this thing in front of you. Uh, our, our production team put this thing together so that you could put it in your Bible and it would be sticking up out of your Bible so that you would remember that you need to pray while you're fasting. Because you think, I'm going to fast, but then you get to the mo- moments where you're just, I mean, you're just hungry. I mean, you're just hungry. And you need to remember why you are fasting and make yourself attentive to pray. Within that praying, read scripture. And if you get to the point where you're saying, you know what, Lord, I, I just, I'm, just, I'm just not sure that I can even pray anymore. Just pray the scripture back to the Lord. Just talk to him back what he's already spoken to you. Just read the scripture out loud. And one of the most uh, beneficial practices within fasting is journaling. Write down what it is the Lord is teaching you. Because what you're going to do is you're going to begin fasting and you'll be praying for specific things. But because you have dedicated yourself and you are making an intentional practice of removing the distractions from your mind and your heart, such as food, what the Lord's going to do is he's going to begin using that fast like a magnifying glass to expose things that are in your life. And it is so fruitful so fruitful during a fast when your mind may be a little clouded to write those things down so that after you have a chance to process that you can revisit those and say, ah, I see what you mean. And so recording and journaling and just writing what it is that the Lord is teaching you and showing you will serve of a great value for you during the fast. Uh, Know your schedule and think ahead. Stay on top of the schedule. Know your schedule and think ahead. Don't get caught in a situation where you are making commitments like you naturally do. And I am notorious for this. I think, oh, I have an open lunch break. I'm just going to find somebody to call and go eat lunch with. And I do that without telling anyone. And next thing you know, I'm in a position where I'm sitting across the table with someone and they're eating this delicious meal and I'm not. And I'm happy about it. 
and I'm not taking the time to pray as I should be. So know your schedule, plan ahead, and stay on top of your schedule so that you will remain disciplined. Because remember, fasting is not just doing something without food. Fasting is making a deliberate decision to abstain from food. It's deliberately choosing to take something out of your life that we so desperately depend on. And then number three is accountability. Be honest with yourself. And if you fail, recognize that your fasting does not earn any more of God's favor than he showed you already on the cross. I'm telling you, if you have done a fast for any period of time, you recognize how, uh, how troubling failure can be. I can't remember if I told you guys, one of the first times I fasted, I was pastoring a church in central Mississippi, and we were preparing to interview a worship, uh, worship minister, and it was the first time that this church was considering a new staff member outside of the pastor in decades. It was a big, big deal in the life of the church. And so we had, and it was a, a, it was a smaller church in a little bit more rural area. And so it was remarkably challenging to find someone that we could bring in. And so we finally found a candidate and we were going to bring him in for an interview. And so one of my deacons and I said, let's fast for 24 hours leading up to, leading up to the interview. And we did not prepare. My first time fasting, his first time fasting, we did not prepare ourselves for the fast. The night before, I gorged myself. The next day, I didn't really have any parameters. I didn't really write down what I was going to be praying for. I didn't really write down what I would do and what I wouldn't do. We just sort of, we just sort of went for it. It's kind of like being in, in high school or college. You're like, let's go on a road trip. When? Right now. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Let's, let's just drive till we can't drive any further. That's going to work out, right? You'll get nowhere. And sure enough, our fast got nowhere. I was miserable. I was irritable. I felt like I was just starving for nothing. I was, I was so angry. And then I went into that interview with this man, and I'm the pastor of the church, and I was so rude to him, so incredibly rude to that man that I called him that night and apologized. And unsurprisingly, he did not come to the church. You know, I didn't eat during the fast, but I failed in the fast. There will be times where you fail in your attitude, and there will be times when you possibly fail in your fasting rules. And I want to tell you this, don't overlook or undervalue how precious it is that we are sensitive enough to the Lord to recognize and admit failure. There are so many in this world that are so trodden with pride and ego that they would never admit that they failed and they would never admit that they're struggling. And the fact that God's Holy Spirit is working so much in your life that you are tender to the possibility of failure and receptive and confessing that you are failing is an indication that God's already doing something mighty in your life. And so if you fail, get over it. And start again. And if you practice this fast for five days, I'm telling you there's going to be instances, and there will be many of you that mess up. You fail either by accident or you deliberately do. Confess, Lord, thank you for showing me. I confess that I broke a commitment that I made to you. Will you help me to restart again? And just restart.
Uh, all right, after the fast. Oh man, we really have to go faster than this. After the fast, um, number one, return slowly. Do not break an extended fast. I'm gonna say anything beyond 24 hours, all right? And again, we're talking as if you can participate in a fast normally because you don't have any reason medically, professionally, or uh, physically that would limit you from participating in a normal fast. If you're in a normal fast for this entire period of time, do not break that fast abruptly. Do not have a celebration meal at the end of the fast, but restart slowly by taking small portions of fruits and vegetables and liquids to, uh, to slowly resume your diet. And if you fast for a week, you should resume your diet over about a course of a week. Some of you that are younger, much younger, you were able to resume quicker than others of us. But many of us already have stomach issues over eating regular meals. Don't put yourself in a predicament where you eat too much too fast. So resume your diet slowly, return slowly. And then here's the second point that I would uh, bring to your attention. Oh, also under that, if you start eating again and you're experiencing some issues, go and see a physician and tell your doctor about it. If something's not right, um, go and talk to your, diet, uh, to your doctor or dietitian about it. It may be that you're just healthier for the first time in a long time and you just don't know what it feels like. Um, <laughs> And it might be that something really is going on in your body and you need to talk to someone about it. Uh, here's the last point that I'll bring to your attention before we, we move to, towards a close. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. One of the things that folks find to be uh, fascinating about a fast is oftentimes the things that you pray for during a fast aren't provided for you until after the fast has concluded. Occasionally, what you're praying for will happen there. Some of you, you're praying, Lord, give me opportunities. Give me an opportunity to, um, to share the gospel with so-and-so. And, and the opportunity may present itself in, in the first day, and you get the opportunity to share the gospel. You know, sometimes what it is is sometimes when we fast and we pray, it's not for God to provide something. It's so God can change us to arrive at what he's already provided for us. And I told the second service this morning a service a story that I got after the first service about a woman who who shared with me after the first service she said I was praying for opportunity to share the gospel and I looked up and there was a woman right there weeping and I had the opportunity to get into a conversation with her right there sometimes you will pray and you'll fast and God will provide the answer soon but keep your eyes open because oftentimes what you're fasting and praying for will come later in 2020 the Lord led me in 2020 after we had Jane Kennedy and it was, it was a kind of a difficult season having her. And then we had COVID, which was remarkably difficult. And then coming later, we had um, a number of things going on in our country. We had the race riots, which was just so traumatic. And in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, we were taking so much heat. We had people in our community that wanted us to affirm and publicize Black Lives Matter. We had people in our community that wanted to, literally wanted to raise up the Confederate flag on the flagpoles in front of the church. I mean, it was just like the, the, everyone on every part of the spectrum of what to do and how to respond during the racial conflicts within our country, they were in my church at the same time. And it was horrible. And I just wanted to tell people like, be quiet, sit down and, and stop talking. Because we're all tired, we're all frustrated, and I, honestly, I just don't care what you think. 
And most of us felt that way about everyone else. And so emotionally and physically, uh, emotionally and physically and mentally, spiritually, just absolutely drained and depleted. And so um, I committed to a 40-day fast, water and juice only. And let me tell you what, one of the most excruciating things I've ever done in my entire life. My prayers, I had three prayers during that particular period of time. Number one, Lord, I pray that you would make me a more present husband and father. There was nothing scandalous going on in my marriage or in my family, but I was working my tail off. Some of you men know what that's like. You're just grinding. Women, too. You're just grinding around the clock, and you're just not present with your family. I had one of my children ask me one night before the fast, and it broke my heart. He said, Dad, do you even know how to smile? What was I representing to my family? And I was gone so much pastoring and, and trying to administrate a church. That one, of my, one of my neighbors asked my wife if I was a drug dealer because I was coming and going so often. And so I prayed and was fasting, God, would you, would you make me a more present husband and a more present father? I prayed also that the Lord would give me opportunity to finish my uh, doctoral dissertation. I've been working on it for seven years at that particular period of time. Seven years is the deadline for that program to complete the dissertation. And I was in the seventh year of the program, had been full-time enrolled um, for quite a few years at that particular point in time in graduate studies. And so I'm praying, Lord, I need you to either give me a way to miraculously finish this program that you've called me to, and I wholeheartedly believe that God called me to the doctoral program. I either need you to, I either need you to take me out of the doctoral program and give me permission to quit, or I need you to make it so that I have no other distractions and I can focus exclusively and entirely on this dissertation. And then the third prayer was, God, I am so tired that I'm having trouble loving my church. Now, now, I had a lovable church. There were many, many people in that church that, that were so kind and so good to us. And that church that I pastored in Oxford, when, Jane, when Carly and I were having Jane Kennedy, they'd been over backwards to take care of us. I mean, we had been there just a matter of days when we found out that we were having Jane Kennedy and that we, she had this condition. And the deacon body came to me and they said, you can take as much time off as you want, no questions asked. We'll fill the pulpit, we'll take care of everything. And that's remarkable, such a blessing. And I don't want to overlook how kind and generous and gracious that was of them. And it's not their fault that just over time and through circumstances that all of us were facing, even here, you just get beat down, beat down, beat down. And I was just praying, God, renew my heart for your church because I'm so tired. At the break of burnout. And so, we walked through that fast and prayed it every single day, breakfast, lunch, and Supper. Matter of fact, we invited the church, not to fast, but we invited the church, and every single day for 40 days, we had a prayer gathering in the sanctuary. 
And we prayed for a number of things that were prevalent and, and personal to the life of the church and our community and our nation. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. And then the fast ended. And I'll tell you, when the fast ended, I didn't feel like any of those prayers had been answered. I was definitely more sensitive to being present with my family, but the demands on me at, in the workplace and in the church had not lessened. And so I was just as, I was just as pulled as I ever was. And as much as I would like to, every time I opened up my laptop and I looked at my dissertation document, there were just as few words there as there were before I began the fast. It wasn't miraculously writing itself. Though there were times where I prayed, God, can you just put them on there and I'll just say that I did it? And there were people, there were people in the church that I loved. And there were many in the church that were lovable but I just didn't feel my heart just, just having this sense of relief from stress and anxiety and burden. Always feeling guilty because you're missing something. Always feeling ashamed because you haven't been keeping up with whatever this invisible pace of expectation that we put on ourselves. And how do I invest myself to overcome those self-inflicted uh, those self-inflicted wounds of pain because I'm not living up to these unfair, unrealistic, and unstated expectations that I've put on myself and all the while be present at home. It's just a conflict. And when you finish your fast, keep your eyes open. 2022, almost 15 months after that fast ended, a situation arised and I was presented with an opportunity by God's gracious provision to step away from my church in Oxford, Mississippi to focus exclusively on two things, being a present dad and finishing my dissertation. And it wasn't an easy process. It's still remarkably difficult to step away and to step down, but God made it possible so that my family would be taken care of for a period of time so that I could focus exclusively on writing my dissertation and being present. And so I accepted the opportunity the Lord gave me and I locked myself in a hotel room for three weeks and wrote a dissertation and finished it. And then I just sat at home. And I'm not gonna lie, it was awesome. It was really great. I'd wake up and I'd sit on my front porch and rock. I'd go inside and eat a sandwich and go back and rock on the front porch for a little bit longer. And then I'd go ride my bike just long enough to get back home and rock some more on the front porch. And it was fantastic. And the Lord just allowed me to recover. And I look back on that experience and I think about how Elijah was laying by the, the brook. And Brother Hank preached that message marvelously the first Sunday of this year, how the Lord revived Elijah from his exhaustion. And the Lord just allowed me to be revived. He allowed me to be present with my wife and present with my children. And then he allowed me to go and serve a church just in the most random, fascinating way. He connected me with a church in South Alabama that I'd never met before, never knew of, and they said, Brother Scott, all we want you to do is just show up on Sunday morning and preach. You don't have to do anything else. We understand that you're a tired pastor. And so I just went and preached for a year. Every once in a while I'd go to a meeting and say, hey, why don't we try this? Why don't we do that? 
Just preach. And then I'll tell you, I prayed in 2020 that the Lord would give me a church that I love and he would give me a heart for ministry again. And then I get a call in 2023, more than two years after the fact, from a church that I did not know existed. And y'all seem decent. (laughs) But I come with a heart that's been renewed by God's grace after the fact so that I can just be present and love you guys. Just love you. And hopefully as I love you, you'll allow me to lead you as we seek to grow deeper in our knowledge and love of the Lord and go wider as we seek to reach our community and region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to close, but not with an invitation tonight because I've gone long. But I want you to take this fasting tutor- or this fasting purpose sheet and I want you to stick it in your Bible or have it with you. And if you want to stick around for a little bit after this closing prayer and fill that out, feel free to. But if you want to take it home and spend the next several days completing it, what are you praying for? What do you need? I would strongly encourage you to put uh, the reach emphasis on there. We want to reach 500 people with gospel conversations before Easter. Maybe put someone that you've been burdened over. But maybe there's something very real and pressing in your life that you need the Lord to deliver you from. Maybe there is an act, a, a, a hard felt need that's in your life and you just need God to do something miraculous. I'll tell you, I've been at the end of my rope. And with me, I was at the end of the rope. But when I invited God into the conversation, he showed me that he had a whole nother rope for me to be on and it's so much better. Father, I thank you for the night. It is very special Lord, it's very special to be able to teach this spiritual discipline to your people. My hope, God, is that you would grow us as a body nearer to you and closer to one another as we unify for this common purpose of praying and fasting for a number of reasons. Lord, I pray that your church tonight, as they've heard this tutorial, that they would not only be excited by the opportunity and the prospect to participate in this, this stretching exercise, but Lord, that they, would, uh, that they would be alleviated from any of the anxiety or fear that might come for the, from the unfamiliarity of uh, taking on a practice that is uh, uncommon to them. Lord, there will be opportunities for us to celebrate and there will be opportunities for us to grieve as you show us the good that's in us and also the lacking, the sin, the limitation. But whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that we would always remember and that you would help us by the guiding and ministering of your Holy Spirit to remember that your grace is sufficient and your grace has already been delivered in full measure on the cross of Calvary. And so whether we succeed or fail in this fasting, we know that you have loved us, that you have bought us, and that you are redeeming us every day as we sanctify. And so help us now, Lord, as we continue to seek you, to search after you, and to call on your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You're dismissed.